Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want. Hi, I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in and find out how you can start doing what you love to do too, in slow, easy steps each week. See you there. Savvy souls. It's kind of fun this first four days of my podcast where I'm giving you an episode every day. In the future, it's just going to be every week, but it's fun to chat with you every day. So I'm going to start with a story from when I was three or four or five around that age. I'm one of those people who has this memory right back to when I was a baby. So I kind of like that age. So I have a few stories. Anyway, when I was around that age, I remember my dad being quite concerned a lot of the time with how my brother and I behaved when we were out in public. He was very concerned about what other people thought. I think was like many parents in that time frame that we were in. So you say, and especially it was directed at me because between the two of us, I was the loud one. My voice was too loud. Um, I tended to misbehave. I had a lot of uh, things that my quiet, more reserved older brother didn't do. So my dad would say, Heather, don't speak so loud. And Heather, don't, don't be rude. Like, don't do that. And he was always saying, now listen, what will they think if you do that? And I could never understand who he meant by they. I thought it was just a word I didn't understand. I kind of laugh about it now because I think it's kind of embedded in a lot of our minds, this idea of just this kind of vague they out there, this amorphous audience who sits there with stern faces and judges us negatively. And, you know, sometimes it's not so indistinct, but it's just kind of groups of people that we imagine judging us. And the reason I want to talk about that is because it limits our capacity to go forward in life and do really amazing things. So I'm going to tell you another story. So back when I was a young lawyer, I was absolutely terrified of public speaking. Public speaking, I just didn't get it. It seemed so scary. I would imagine this big, hostile, judging audience, and it made me want to throw up. And it was becoming um, a bit of an issue, but I could kind of manage through it. And then one day, I, I was, I don't know, maybe a third-year associate, And I co-authored a tax paper with a partner. And there's this big annual foundation, uh, tax foundation conference every year in Canada that was a big deal. People competed to present at it and we were invited to present our paper. And I actually declined to go with my partner and present at this conference, even though it was such a big deal because I just didn't have the courage. And I didn't have the courage because I was just so fearful of 
getting up there in front of this audience and having them judge me and imagining them asking questions I couldn't answer. And just, I just imagined these terrible judging faces and I just couldn't muster the courage to do it. And I remember feeling really ashamed about that. So a few, few years later, I'd become a partner still terrified of public speaking, but I was a law firm. And at law firms, tax partners weren't on the front line. We weren't the people that really had to bring in the clients. We just had to network with our corporate colleagues and get work from them. But at one point, I decided to move over to Ernst & Young, a large professional services accounting firm where all of the partners were expected to bring in business. And we are all expected to publicly speak on a regular basis. You could not get to be a partner there if you didn't public speak. So what I did is right before I got there, I took a three-day course over a weekend with a guy called John Plank. Now, John Plank was a theater uh, director and political speech writer, and he had a master in voice communication. And he was gonna teach us how to public speak. So I signed up for this three-day course. And then before the course started, I found it out that my colleagues were gonna be, much to my horror, six litigators and a CBC radio host. I don't know how the CBC radio host got in, but anyway, those were gonna be the people. I considered withdrawing from the course, but going to the course seemed less scary to me than showing up at Ernst & Young not being able to public speak. So I soldiered on and I did go. And when I walked into the room where we'd be spending eight or nine hours every day for the next three days together, I immediately saw a lineup with the attendees behind the lineup and it was a lineup to a podium where John had set, John Plank was the instructor, where he'd set aside a chart showing us speaking points. And we all had to speak immediately before we could even talk to each other. And we had three minutes. And this was before the time that we were used to getting photographed and videoed all the time. And so he had this video equipment up there. He had a microphone up there. I just thought this looked terrible. So I got in line. I thought I was going to faint. I felt dizzy. And when it got to be my turn and I had to start speaking off the top rather than prepared notes, which I thought was even more horrifying, I felt pretty much the whole time like I was going to faint. I was I was sure in my mind, I felt like I was swaying back and forth. I thought I was being rigid. I was sure my hands were by my side. And I was super embarrassed because I was babbling incoherently. And I was just imagining everybody in the class judging me and wondering what the heck I was doing there with all these people that were used to public speaking. After all eight of us were done, John got us to sit in a circle. And when we were sitting in the circle, he told us that what we're going to do is we're going to spend an hour on every single person's video analyzing it. This seemed even more terrible to me. So my video came up third. 
And what John did was he turned off the sound and we just watched my body language. And he started asking people questions. So do you like Heather? Do you think she has a lot of friends? Do you think she's married? Do you trust her? Would you work with her? And he just asked all these really personal questions. And I would have been just absolutely mortified by all those questions because, of course, my worst fear was to be judged. But I was kind of transfixed watching myself because how I appeared was completely different than what was going on in my mind. I wasn't standing rigidly. My hands were flying all over. I, I didn't even know before then that I used my hands when I spoke, but I actually used my hands a lot. And I was saying perfectly coherent, logical things, but in the most wooden, deadpan, flat tone of voice you can imagine. When John asked that, those questions about my performance, it wasn't at all the reaction I expected. They said, yeah, she seems like really capable and she's obviously very smart and articulate, but we don't really like her. She seems extremely unapproachable and she seems really stern and, and kind of mean. So here I was thinking everybody was feeling sorry for me and judging me for being such a poor performer. And really what they were doing was they were not liking me because I was looking so stern and I was looking so stern because I was afraid to just be natural. That was a huge, huge turning point for me. During the rest of the class, John's just got me to lighten up. He got me to, we, we did some political speeches he'd written. He taught us how to read speeches without looking like we were reading them. And what he made me, me do was to say, damn it, before every single sentence. And then I would just start laughing and laughing. And then I would speak from that point of view. And it just made everybody like me more. It made me feel more natural and more myself. And after that three days of John Plank's course, I actually loved public speaking because I'd shut out this concept of this undefinable they in the audience who was judging me. And I decided, hey, I'm just going to be myself. Because when I try to be somebody else, I try to please the people, it doesn't work anyway. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to be me. And the people who like me will like me. And the people who don't like me won't like me. And so that brings me to something I want to talk about with you. And that is just to point out it's for all of us, no matter what it is that we're aspiring to do, when we start being artificial, because we're trying to manage other people's expectations and judgments of us, it doesn't work. It's a no win strategy. So here's three things that we try to do. We pretend to like people or things that we don't. Or we start performing, acting in a strange behavior when we're not in a play, again, to please other people. Or generally, just when we show up as someone we're not 
the truth is we actually don't control other people. Other people, when they look at us, they're just seeing a circumstance. They're seeing me on the stage. They're seeing me in a conversation. And then they take all of their own experiences and all of their past and the way their brain thinks. And they have thoughts about me. They have thoughts about us. And those thoughts affect how they feel and how they act towards us. And we can't control any of that. We're so much better if we show up as who we are. Because if we pretend to like people or things that we don't, what's the result of that? We end up spending time doing things we don't like with people we don't like. Or if we start trying to act in a way that doesn't feel like us, or we try to perform a role, we might actually get the people to like us, but who are they really liking? They're not actually liking us. They're liking the person we're pretending to be. Or like in John Plank's course, where I got up and tried to be the way I thought I had to be as a public speaker, people didn't like me anyway. You know when they liked me? When I gave them a chance to like who I was. So even though I learned that lesson, it's something that I have to keep relearning and relearning and relearning. And I notice that with a lot of my clients. There's so many times that we pull back on what we're creating in the world. We're pulling back on the amazing ideas we have because we're afraid to be judged. So I'm going to tell you another more recent story. So three years ago, I started to become a, a life coach. I started to become an entrepreneur. And one of the things about coaching is it's not just all coaching. Half of it is going out to the public and selling your work. So I belong to this business club at uh, in Toronto called Verity. And we have these weekly networking meetings where we all stand up and do an elevator pitch. So I thought, well, that's where I'm going to start to try to sell coaching. But here was my thought about it. Selling coaching is really scary. I started focusing on when I stand up to give my elevator pitch. Everybody's judging me. I don't know what to say. Um, I'm probably sounding awkward and kind of like all that same fear-based thinking I had when I was standing in front of John Plank's podium. And after about four or five months of doing this, one of the people who was regularly there, one of my fellow members, kindly took me aside she said, can I talk to you about your elevator speech? And I said, sure. And she said, you know, when I talk to you in person about what you're doing, it sounds so amazing. You sound so competent. It sounds so fun. You sound so inspired. But when you stand up to do your elevator pitch, it sounds, it sounds really off-putting. And I said, oh, why is that? And she said, well, here's what I'm hearing. 
Hi, I'm Heather Kerr, and I was a super successful international tax lawyer. And then I blinked my eyes and I could paint beautiful paintings. And then I blinked my eyes again and I became a life coach. And she said, the way I'm feeling when I hear that is I'm not good enough to work with you. And it's so funny because of course, all I was thinking about was, I have to sound really good. I have to sound like I'm really confident and competent. I have to inspire them to trust me. But all I was doing was inspiring them to dislike me because I wasn't giving them a chance to know me. I was all in my head with my imagined judgments that I thought they were holding of me. So once again, my lesson was just show up as myself, don't pretend. And now I love selling because when I sell, it's just like this podcast, make lots of mistakes, trip over some words, but I want it to be real. I want it to be like a conversation with you. I want it to be like we're going for coffee in a room together. You get a chance to know me and that makes it fun for me. And for those of you who enjoy it, we'll make it fun for you. And for those of you who don't, you don't have to listen, right? It's all good. So I've promised to every episode, give you one small insight or strategy you can use in the week, in the, in this week. So today I'd like you to think about some goal you really want, but you're not pursuing. And I want to ask you, what are all the reasons that you're not pursuing that goal that you really would love to do. My bet is in nine out of 10 cases is because you're imagining somebody judging you, whether it's your partner judging you for even thinking about doing it, whether it's your colleagues looking down at you for wanting to try something different, whether it's imagined future clients or future people who read your book, judging what you write. So many times we don't go forward to achieve our goals just because we're imagining these people disapproving of us. So what I want you to imagine, if that's true for you, I want you to imagine people who love you, who admire you exactly the way you are, and people who have your back and want more than anything to support whatever you want. I want you to imagine telling those people about it. And I want you to imagine what you would do if that's how you thought about other people. If you had your own back and you imagine just going out in the world and being who you are and showing up the way you want. Hey, if you enjoyed what I said today, hit subscribe so you won't miss another episode. And if you really enjoyed it, hop on over and do an iTunes review to help other people hear it. 
If you do your review during the first four weeks, you'll be eligible for something really fun and useful. It's a free one-on-one -on -one dream analysis session with me where I'll help you access your inner wisdom. And if you don't dream, no problem. I have something else up my sleeve to help you gain fascinating insight in just one hour. So do a review, take a photo of it, and post it on social media or send me a DM. I've set all the details for this contest out in the show notes below. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.